and welcome to another episode of Talk Rehab, your new home for rehab news and info. Talk Rehab is a podcast talk show that explores the world of seating and mobility. I'm Bill, and each episode will feature a guest or two who will inform, educate, and hopefully entertain you about the complex world of rehab technology. Today, I'm really happy to welcome Scott Muser, Chairman and President of Pride Mobility Products and Quantum Rehab. I've known Scott for many years and have always admired his passion. Scott agreed to join us today for a telephone conversation. Scott, thanks for joining us. Let's kick it off by hearing the Pride story, the origin of Pride Mobility Products and how you came to be their fearless leader. Well, it began back in 86, uh, 1986, when my father and I uh, purchased controlling interest of a little company called Pride Lumber and Manufacturing that, that made lift chairs and only did about $2 million in sales and had 20 people. I had been working for a mergers and acquisition firm. I had just gotten out of the Wharton School of Business, and I found that this company was for sale, and it was in the industry where my father uh, was a sales executive, HME. So we ended up purchasing it, and the idea was we were going to improve the product. It was very uh, institutional-looking, improve the marketing, and then we are going to flip the company probably to Sunrise or Invacare. So we went about modernizing the lift chair, and that went very well, and uh, we... uh, we grew the business, uh, but then we realized that this this concept of modernizing a, a chair and making it more of a consumer product, making it more stylish and higher performance, and still meeting the medical need, was something that we could do with other products, namely electric scooters. And we decided instead of selling the company, we decided to um, double down and and uh, develop uh, build an R R and D group and and um, and start introducing a scooter line and. Um, sometime in the mid nineties, we had done pretty well and with the scooters uh-huh. and, uh, we, we'd become number one. We'd grown the company to about 40 million in sales. And, and then we kind of lucked into, um, something much bigger. And that was with our jazzy power chair. I, I recall being down in Florida in the mid nineties and seeing one of the first hover rounds come out. Right. And I looked at that and I said, that's, that's a much better indoor scooter than anything we're making. So I get on the line with my R and D group and I say, we gotta, we gotta make something with a joystick. I mean, there's, there's no way anything with a tiller is ever gonna be as useful in the home. And so they, they started out on it, and ultimately they invented mid-wheel drive and uh, gave it the name Jazzy. And right away everybody's like, you don't, you don't have an indoor scooter. You've got a, a really nifty new power wheelchair. And you know that's really when the company took off. You know, we went off to the races. I mean, we, went, we grew tenfold over the next eight years. And, and that gave us the, the resources to build uh, out our international divisions at our distribution centers. And most importantly, start our quantum division, you know, because it, we, we just saw what the economy, we thought with the economies of scale we had created by uh, manufacturing so many jazzies that we could, we could deliver a better value in the, in the complex rehab marketplace. Of course, we had to get the product right. And that was a long, long process. You know, we quantum started out and we were selling product, but it wasn't a particularly great product. You know, I like to say we weren't uh, the, the smartest kid in the class back then, and it showed, um, but we kept learning. We kept learning. We kept listening. We kept building relationships with, with people that knew their stuff. We kept trying to hire more and more people that, that had backgrounds in complex rehab because it, it takes five to 10 years to really get to know that business at least. Yeah. And, um, and we started to do better as we moved into, let's say, 2010. Operation Wheeler Dealer came and, and they, they weeded out some of the bad actors and made a lot of changes and kept 
um, changing the, the, the qualifications, changing the reimbursement rate. And we spent the, uh, the next seven years from 2003 to 2010 um, in a race to the bottom on the, uh, you know, in terms of group two business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was, that wasn't a whole lot of fun. I mean, that was, it was very difficult to, uh, to, to make ends meet in that business. And, uh, and, and ultimately they, they succeeded in dramatically reducing the size of the group two business. I think by, by 2013, it had been reduced by 75% or so. And I think that, um, Prides could easily could have been a, a has been company at that point. Our wow. best days could have been behind us. We could have been, you know, these guys created the Jazzy, and that was that. But we pivoted. We pivoted to become a quantum first company and dramatically up the, the the learning, the passion, and the intellectual firepower we were bringing to the to our our, our quantum products. And we went from becoming a, an okay student in the in the complex rehab class. When it came to power wheelchairs, we wanted to be the best student, and that's what we've been doing the last ten years. And, and we're a quantum first company now. It's our most important division. We've got a tremendous passion for, for revolutionizing the power wheelchair experience. And it's, it's fun. It's a race to the top. Yeah. It's a race to the top because innovation is appreciated by clinicians, by ATPs. And it's uh, um, the most exciting part of our business. That's, that's cool. I, I've always known you to be interested in bringing something useful and meaningful. Everybody makes a chair that gets you from point A to point B, but what can you give them that they want? What do, what are people right now asking for? What are people sitting in chairs? What do they expect from quantum or from anybody really that's unique? We talk to a lot of consumers and they give us some pretty good feedback. It's, it's limited. I mean, you ask, uh, Steve Jobs once said that if you ask people if they'd like a third eye, where would they want it? Most of them would say, I'll take it on the back of my head. <laughs> when, when the, the correct answer is the finger. Um, ah. we're, uh, we're, we're trying to listen to consumers. We're trying to collaborate with, uh, the people on the front lines, the clinicians, the ATPs, and then we're trying to bring a lot of common sense to it. I mean, you know, we, uh, when we, we started trying to revolutionize the chair for the, in, in a major way was, was in 2014 when we, we, uh, we started to develop our eye level and then we've added lights, we've added suspension, we've added Bluetooth. We're working on a, a just about to launch a backup camera, and it, you know it doesn't take uh, a genius to figure out these are all things that that'll that'll make the the power chair experience better. You know the trick is people will say, well, why did you do this earlier? The trick is trying to afford it, trying to fit it in and bake it in to our um, into our product because there's no reimbursement for it, and providers don't want to have us call them and say, look, we're adding lights. We, we've got, we got to raise your price that, that because they can't bill any more for the product. So right. what we had to do is, is read completely redesign our manufacturing process and get much more vertically integrated. We used to have a lot of the parts that we put onto the chair. We used to use local machine shops who charge us a markup. We become that machine shop. I mean, we have a, a huge part of our, our, our production is, is our quantum fabrication department. And we make all these parts ourselves. And, you know, the great thing there was once we started making them ourselves, these machine shops came to us and said, Hey, can we, we'll lower our price. Right. Stop taking business from us. Yep. And, and what we did with that money was we put in lights, we put in the suspension. I mean, the suspension we have, I, I challenge anybody to check out the, the, the suspension on an edge three, or a forefront versus any other chair on the market, even even our Edge Two product, 
and it blows it away. Wow. And what that means is it's a much more confidence-inspiring product that somebody doesn't have to worry. They're going to have a bad day in our chair. They're going to they're, they're going to get stuck. They're going to they're going to be looking at their phone and they're going to drive off a sidewalk and they're going to be stuck there and 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 uh, they're going to be embarrassed and and they're going to have to ask somebody for help. The last thing anybody wants to do. That that's very meaningful to me. When we make a, an advancement like that, you know, that just Everybody here gets super excited about it, and we want to do it again. Yeah. And then so now we're trying to, you know, we're thinking of the, the next thing. The backup cameras, we think, going to be uh, another important change. Uh, people love it. People, uh, not only is it is it useful, but it's 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 a safety issue. They don't have to be concerned about running over running over their dog. Right. Or backing up, you know, get, backing up into walls. You know, I ask people in chairs. I say, I, I used to ask them if you've ever hit a banged into a wall. And, and they said to me, look, the, the right question is how many times I've, I've banged into a wall. <laughs> right. And, and, and you know what? Apartment landlords know it and they won't lend, they won't, there's discrimination against people in chairs because they think they're going to put holes in their walls and we're going to change all that. The backup camera is going to go a long way and there's going to be other technologies that develop. I, I can't get too much into it, but that is going to be part of this revolution. And I couldn't be more excited about it, Bill. There's a, the vision I have is is there's this picture of New York, Fifth Avenue, Easter Sunday in 1914. And the caption is, it's all horses. And there's one little, one little car way in the back. And the caption is, find the car. And then there's the same scene, Fifth Avenue, New York, uh, ni- uh, 1923. And this time it's all, all cars. And the caption is, where's the horse? It was an absolute revolution in those nine years from horses to cars. And we we look at the chair of 2014 and we are trying to make the revolution in the power wheelchair of 2023 as big a deal with with all the things we're putting in. And we've still got three years to go. We're going to do our best to, to, to achieve that goal. How do you keep those things under wrap? You just talked to me about a, a rear camera. So won't everybody jump on the rear camera bandwagon as soon as they see yours? We've been working on it for two years, and we're, we're introducing it in two months. Uh-huh. I'm only talking about it because it's, it's something we've been showing around. It's, gotcha. not, um, it's not a secret any longer. And again, the trick is how do you pay for it? How do you, how do you, how do you make it affordable? Yeah. It's, it's real easy to if, – if you said there was, a co- you know, there, was, there was somebody willing to pay $200 extra for rear cameras – it would be a no-brainer, right? But nobody's willing to pay anything. And and guess what? If we put it put it out there and charge two hundred dollars, you know how many we're going to sell sell a month? Um, Ten. Yeah. The, the ATPs are extremely busy. They don't have time to to to, to go over the the patient's finances and see if they've got two hundred dollars somewhere for for a camera. The business moves too quick. So, so we've got to figure out how to how to either bake it in or charge a nominal amount that that people could possibly afford. Otherwise, you never get it. You, 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 no, not too many people are going to enjoy it. So is it going to be a, a model or will it be a checkbox on the order form where somebody says, oh, I want the camera? It's going to be an option. It's going to be an option. Yeah, we can't, at this point, we can't bake it in, but we're going to put a, you know, we haven't figured out the price yet, but it's probably going to be under a hundred dollars. That's pretty and, cool. Uh, we're going to hope, hope that's uh, something that um, important enough to people that they'll, they'll pay for. We're also coming out with a, uh, our Edge 3 Stretto. Stretto means narrow in Italian. It's 20-inch wide chair. We've changed the way we put the batteries in the chair from a traditional way to 
a different alignment. And you know what? It's a better, it's going to be a great chair for peds. It's also going to be a great chair for smaller adults. It's going to be a great chair for, uh, for people who live in confined spaces. I've, I've thought for some time, and I think you and I have had discussions about the chair is just too big. It's, 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 it's a monster. Yeah. I don't understand why these chairs are so big. You know, historically, they've been that big because you couldn't, you know, the bigger batteries, you couldn't fit anything um, less than 24 inches wide. But we've we figured out how to do that, and um, we think this is going to be a game changer. Mm-hmm. We think a lot, a lot of business is going to, a lot, a lot of people are going to prefer this product. It's going to advance the user experience. When are you going to, when do you announce that? Is it Strato? Strato? Strato. 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 Yeah, we're currently showing it around. Our salespeople are, and, and I think we're launching it in February. That's a neat idea. Group three chair? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So w- with all of that innovation and trying to trying to keep your costs down, do you do you farm out any of the manufacturing? Do you have any Chinese production? Is that is that whole? The chairs are all made in America. Yeah. We, we, we source the components globally, and, mm-hmm. and some do come from China. Uh, but not much of the chair comes from China, and it's it's officially made in America. We're uh, like I said, we've added a lot of vertical integration into our manufacturing process, and we're we're proud about that. You know, we're changing with the times. So you're marching forward all the time. Absolutely, I feel like uh, a business is is always a work in progress, and uh, you always got to be paying the rent. You know, we're all renting our spots, and it's a competition. We've got to stay ahead. Do you, you know, have- it's not paranoia. People really are out to catch you. <laughs> That's true. Do you have a favorite product, a favorite quantum product, or do you, are they all your babies? The next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm perpetually wishing I was six to twelve months older, right? Because of the products that we have in the pipeline, they're always better. You know, my one of my favorite sayings is, "This world doesn't need any more power wheelchairs." I make a promise to to our customers that we are not going to bore you with a lateral product, you know, because, oh, we don't have a front wheel drive. So we're going to, we're going to come out with one. It's no better than the one you're using now, but we'd like you to buy ours. I mean, to me, that's a waste of time. Right. And it's not like this world is short of power wheelchairs, right? I mean, it's, it's got enough for five worlds, but what it does need is it needs better ones. And that's all we want to make. And and I can't even get into all the things we're working on. You know, we're about to come up to 2020, start a new decade. I think it's going to be a super exciting a chapter for complex rehab power and um, really looking forward to it. Well, that's, know, that, and our whole team is in a big, big way. That's optimistic. You're going to see some major league changes and um, users are going to love it because they don't love the chair now, Bill. That's what bugs me. Okay. I've had, I've had some of our advocates, I've had dinner with them and they, they tell me, look, you know, this is before we came out with eye level. They'd say, you're, you're passionate about your chair, but it's, your chair is it's just like everybody else's chair. I mean, it's it's like it's like a, an able-bodied person with a knee brace. It's something we use, but we're no. Who goes around saying they love their knee brace? Nobody. Or check out my knee brace. Nobody. Right? It's it's just a medical product. And and uh, I said thank you, thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for telling me that my chair is boring and it's nothing special, and you don't love it. So let's have a new conversation. What the heck can I do to this chair so you might, so you start to love it? And that's really how one of the ways I level started to develop. That's what we're on now. We're on a mission, get the chair to the point where people love it. You know, people love their smartphone, but they don't love their power wheelchair. Quan wants to change that. And, that, and, and, and that's our only mission. We, I believe in clarity of thinking. You know, we, we look at 
manufacturing designing power wheelchairs is an absolute full-time job that requires our full attention. You know, Quantum dabbled in, in manual chairs a while back. You're never going to see that again. I mean, we look, we are, we are absolutely passionate students about power wheelchairs. We're going we're gonna to make the best ones in the world, but that's all we're going to do with Quantum. Well, I have, I have a couple questions for you then. You can make the greatest products in the world, but the providers have to embrace it, and the providers need to take it forward. And, and that brings me to, to a question. What's the effect on consumers of having two pretty large national providers gobbling up these mom and pops? Does that hurt your mission? Does that help your mission? What's that effect on consumers? I think uh, that the, the two companies you're talking about uh, are respect patient choice, I think they've got the right value set. They're they're determined to uh, they give their ATPs the, the opportunity to to put the, the the patient in the right product for that patient. Um, I think the clinicians are a a second important check. ATPs and clinicians they appreciate innovation. That's why we're in a race to the top. When we come out with a better product, they notice it and they buy it and they 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 put their patients in it and they love to make them smile. That isn't changing because these companies are getting bigger and bigger. Now, hopefully, won't ever change. And I, I, I grant you that the, you know, as they get bigger and bigger, it's possible they could change. But I, I haven't seen it yet. Good. And I know the, the leadership of both companies, and, and they're committed to uh, patient choice. Good. Good. I know that there's a lot of interest in outcome studies, and, and I'm wondering if you have dabbled in any sort of telemetry from your chairs to gather outcome data or to gather usage data from, from patients. Is that anything of interest? Well, we've, we have in the context of, um, we're talking to CMS about funding elevation. We're, we're hopeful that that's one of these exciting changes that this next decade of complex rehab will, mm-hmm. will have, that, that people who qualify for elevation and can benefit from elevation get seat elevation or, or, or standing. Uh, depending on, you know, uh, what they qualify for. We had a study with Georgia Tech, which we just recent, was recently published. Georgia Tech did on, on our eye-level product, and, and it, it clearly showed that, that patients um, used uh, elevation all the time and had way greater access to the home environment when they had elevation and were more independent. So in that context, we, have, um, we haven't, uh, other than that, no. Gotcha. You're talking about CMS. Uh, what do you think is the out, outlook for this separate benefit category, which I know for years has been really high on a lot of people's list? I think it's very important for the industry to carve out the, the separate benefit category. What can, what can quantum or, or manufacturers do to support that separate benefit category? Well, support NCART, support a home care. The larger companies like ourselves, we have our own government affairs group. That's uh, that's fighting for it. All we can do is try to fight for it the best we can. I think it would be great. I, I'm not optimistic though. I, I, I do think it's. Uh, I, I don't see the catalyst for for making it happen. I think the key going forward for the industry is is one we should get elevation funded because it dramatically uh, it doubles the functionality of the chair. It's a home run for users. It'd be beneficial for the industry. The second thing I think we need to do is we got to self police. We've got to make sure. We, we, we don't enable bad actors. Quantum has very tight provider standards. We, we check out our, our providers and make sure if we, we think there's something non-compliant going on, we're, we, we confront them with it. We've got to um, make sure that we keep 
our NCAR and A Home Cares rehab group strong and focused and on, on, on representing the industry because, you know, the biggest risk for the next 10 years is dramatic change in health policy structure that our small industry gets gets clipped by. And uh, without a strong presence in Washington, that would be a, uh, a real possibility. Mm-hmm. So I, I think my one idea for playing offense is, is to get elevation funded. But other than that, we've got to play real good defense. Yep. I know a lot of ATPs have retired recently. To what extent is that creating a problem, or do you think that's a problem, ATPs retiring and the length or the tenure of, of an ATP is, is getting shorter and shorter? Is that the good news or the bad news? you got to have new ATPs. I think it's a looming problem. Yeah. Um, we've got to attract younger people into the industry. I, I think some of the larger companies are starting to um, figure out how to do that. You know, I'm optimistic that uh, as people retire, we, we, we do get new blood into the industry. It's, uh, I think once people get involved in this industry, they get attached to it. You know, there's a, there's a group of people out there that, that, that love making a difference in people's lives. Um, we got to find them. But I, I, I think that the larger companies are starting to, uh, starting to work on that problem. But it's definitely a looming issue. Yep. Do you guys have ATPs as reps? Do you hire ATPs? Most of most of our salespeople are are ATPs. Yes, really? that's I guess that's very cool. <clears throat> They've got to know what's going on. Um, it, there's no there's no place in this industry for for people who kind of know rehab. You yeah. know, I mean it's true. We that's we found that out. You know, Pride's originally as I as I outlined earlier. We're from I kind of like to say the other side of the tracks. You know, <laughs> uh, HME, and uh, we initially thought we could you know, have teach, teach our, our HME sales team, uh, rehab and, 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 uh, there weren't any help to the ATPs. I mean, the ATPs want people who can help them choreograph solutions and, and difficult solutions, uh, for challenging problems. We've worked really hard over the last 10 years to build a sales force that is filled with those type of people. I didn't know that your dad came from the HME industry. That's kind of interesting. He did. He, he worked for Graham Field for a while. Really? Along with a couple other companies. Are, is Graham Field still kicking? I think they are, yes. Hmm. So if you were... Much z- smaller version of what um, yeah. Irwin built back in the 80s and 90s. So if you were czar of wheelchairs, what would you do? You might be czar of wheelchairs for all I know, but... I would, a uh, couple things. I would fund elevation. I don't know if this is part of being Zara wheelchairs. I would, I would, I would look to shift. We're getting active with the disabled community and there's a bill in Congress called the Disability Integration Act that is an effort to shift resources from long-term care institutional facilities to allow people to use those resources in the home. Our view is, and the view of the backers of this bill, is that the, the policy is misguided. They're spending a fortune to pay for people in these long-term care facilities that where the, you, you'd spend half as much, and they'd be much, much happier in the home. But mm-hmm. you gotta, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to buy them the equipment they need and and fund uh, their lifestyle in, in in the home. The policy's outdated. I mean, that that's the way able-bodied people look at the disabled years back. You know, you you, you got to go live in one of these long-term care facilities. Well, guess what? That's just not accurate in many cases. And when it's not accurate, there should be resources available to allow people to live in their home. Cute. If I had anything to do with it that we'd make that policy shift and we'd have a lot more disabled people uh, living in their home and living, you know, confidence inspiring lives where they're, they're going out with purpose and, and enjoying their life a yeah. bit more. The other thing I'd say is it's still just such a battle 
and you know this, haven't been in with a provider so long to get paid. I mean, oh you should have to have armies of people. That's ridiculous. To, to, to chase your, you know, chasing your money. If we could somehow create some better clarity there, you know, if again, if I was the czar of wheelchairs, I would, uh, I think I'd be make a lot of friends, more friends in the provider community that I already have, because mm-hmm. that is just one challenging problem. It doesn't seem to go away, you know, Would, with a fee for service model. Do you have anything that I should have asked you, or we should have talked about? You know, if there's one thing I want people to know, it's that that uh, that I'm very passionate about making the best power wheelchairs in the world. I want my I'm determined to make my company successful, but I want to do it in a way. I want to do it in the right way. You know, I had a lot of good fortune to get involved at a very early age in, in building this company. And I think building a company is probably the only thing I'm really good at. So, so it was just good fortune in that I had this opportunity and we've, we've built the company up to, to being a leader. And I, I feel like I've, I've, got to, uh, I've got to make sure that we not only succeed, but we exceed in the right way where, where we make a positive difference in the life of, of the people who use our products, a, a positive difference in the industry, to our customers, our employees. You know, I'm very hopeful that we, um, I feel like we're on that track or we're going to keep working on staying on that track. I've been in this business for a long time and I I respect this business and I want to be very honorable in the way I finish my career in this business. On that note, am I going to open up a trade magazine one of these days and find some PE companies gobbled up pride mobility? You'll first open up a trade magazine and find out I'm not the CEO anymore before that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the answer I expected, Scott. Thanks for spending time with me today. It's always great to chat and learn about the cool things going on at Pride and Quantum. And if you see Scott walking down the street, tell him thanks for his vision and hard work and give him a hearty hand clasp from all of us. I'm Bill, and that's all for now, but don't forget to come back for more episodes of Talk Rehab, your new home for rehab news and info. Bye.